Welcome to Success Unlimited with America's success thought leaders, Tim and Tom Simmons. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the journeys of thought leaders, business leaders, authors, speakers, podcasters, and various individuals' journeys to success and the challenges they had to overcome along the way. We are very thankful that you decided to listen in to our podcast. Like and subscribe to Success Unlimited's podcasts and socials to receive updates when new episodes are released. Do you have an idea of who you'd like to hear? Let us know by commenting on our socials or by emailing info at mymentorhq.co. Now, we hope you enjoy this episode of Success Unlimited. And welcome to Success Unlimited podcast. I'm your host for today, Tom Simmons. And with us, we have Jonathan Caudill, CEO of Legacy Building Consultants. He has over 18 years experience in the insurance adjusting industry. Uh, he has managed and assisted with settlements of almost $200 million in claims over the course of his adjusting career. He's trained and helped countless adjusters and policyholders bring in a, a resolution or a finalization to their claims. He believes that claim disputes have led to a considerable increase in the cost of doing business for insurance carriers and therefore has led to a substantial increase in insurance premiums. Uh, we're going to go over all that, uh, maybe some get into some stories of uh, his, his uh, successes, some successful impacts he's made, his challenges. But uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. How are you doing? Hey, Tom. No, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And thanks for the warm welcome. That that sounds uh, that sounds great. I appreciate it. Well, I, so to kick things off, would you mind I guess, going over a how did you how did you uh, arrive at Legacy Building Consultants in your illustrious uh, adjusting career? Yeah, it's funny. You wake up and it's almost been 20 years, almost almost two decades. Uh, you know, I, I started the uh, as an overnight claim adjuster at USAA in San Antonio. Um, you know, thinking I was just going to have the job for a few months, and, and here I am, almost twenty years later, and I'm I'm still uh, I'm still writing estimates and still still discussing uh, insurance uh, um, industry topics. So, yeah, it, it, so that's really where my career started. Uh, I was 19 years old, started at USAA overnight, uh, working regional services where we pretty much handled everything that would come in uh, from uh, uh, vehicles hitting deers uh, or, or sump pumps failing in the Northeast, and so got my start there. Uh, really kind of focused my career in insurance on property, uh, got into the field and just really, uh, re really advanced my career through catastrophes. Uh, I started uh, about 30 days before Hur Hurricane Katrina hit, and I've really oh, wow. handled every catastrophe since then. So yeah, I've, I've seen, uh, not to take slogans, but I've seen a thing or two, right? <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, and so uh, over, over the course, I've worked for three major insurance carriers uh, with the independent adjusting routes. And uh, since then, have really found a career in the dispute resolution, meaning appraisals, building consulting. Uh, I've worked with several attorneys, litigation support, um, and so uh, really, really have found uh, sort of a, a, a market in that. Um, what I what I saw in the industry uh, was number one, an exodus of top talent, uh, just sort of leaving just the nature of uh, of the insurance adjusting world right now, and um, it, it really was. Seeing, seeing most claims, unfortunately, not getting resolved, uh, going to attorneys, uh, things that wow. should simply used to be just resolved, uh, now are getting into these really heavy disputes. 
I'm seeing uh, adjusters frustrated and emotional. I'm seeing uh, homeowners and business owners frustrated and emotional. Um, and I don't really see anybody trying to resolve that before it goes to the, you know, to the litigation. So uh, side of things. So, so really, um, I just saw an opportunity, not not because, uh, you know, it, I, I really saw an opportunity because that that's what I want in my own life is 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 peace. Right. So so just peacemaking, just trying to get in and, and trying to um, just just trying to, to get things resolved as much as possible. Um, so yeah, we can go from there. there there's there's yeah. a lot that I can cover as far as the dispute uh, process. Well, while, while most folks are running from conflict, uh, you're running to conflict. But from what I heard, you're you try to bring a peaceful resolution and try to be non-emotional uh, when you approach the dispute resolution. But if you're good with this, I want to take a step back. And when you were 19 years old, what prompted you to go into insurance adjusting? Because it seems like it'd be kind of boring from all the options maybe a 19 year old would have. Yeah, yeah, probably not your typical 19 uh, year old. My wife and I got started pretty young. So I, I was already a dad uh, at, at that age. Um, so that, that motivated me uh, to get a job uh, to, to support my family. So that's about as simple as it was. I didn't even know what USA was. I, I grew up in San Antonio. I didn't even know USA was an insurance company or maybe I did. I didn't even know what insurance was really other than I had to have it if I was going to drive, that was about most the, <laughs> most information I had about insurance. So, uh, yeah, I was at a good friend's uh, backyard barbecue, and uh, I was just talking about needing to find a job. And and uh, he was working at USA, and I said, he said, hey, you should apply for USA. I did, uh, and I said, I have no idea what that is. So he took me out and pointed me to this huge building off of I ten and said, that that's USAA. So little did I know that that would uh, that him pointing there would uh, set me on the the path to, to where I am today. Wow. Um, yeah, nobody nobody really grows up wanting to be an insurance adjuster, and I'm no exception. Um, so I think when we're 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 you know in our late teens, early twenties, even throughout our twenties, we're we're looking for purpose and, and passion, and we think that we're going to have that 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 job that's going to fulfill all that. What I've found, not only in my life but other people that I know uh, that I've seen, you, you don't really find that purpose or passion in a job title. You find it in the relationship, in the community, and in, in okay. what you do. And so for me, it's really just kind of reconciling what I wanted as a person and, and realizing that I was already doing it as a claim adjuster. I was, you know, I'm, I'm standing outside of these these houses that are still that are still burning. And I've got a husband and wife with their young children standing on the curb, just not sure what to do next. So so for me, how do you, how do you console them? What do you say? How do you I mean, how do you emotionally process that? Because that's emotional, not just for them, but for you as well. Yeah, it is. It is. And so it's different. I mean, it's it's really there's really no formula. Uh, there, there's really no outline to follow. Uh, it's just you, you've got to be yourself. Um, I'm convinced that authenticity is is the best way of communicating. Um, you know, there's you can go to the seminars, workshops. You can if you're in sales, you can go to the sales seminars and learn all the different tactics. And hey, there, there's value to that. I'm, that absolutely. Right. There is professional development. I'm a huge fan of. But at the end of the day, what people want to know is that you, that you care, uh, and then that's it. So you're just showing up as you, and you're really putting yourself in their shoes. Man, if I was the dad here in this situation, and I got my kids over here crying, they don't, all their toys and the memories are burned up and my wife's crying. So, so it's really just coming and trying to uh, be empathetic towards their situation and also just help them uh, say, hey, there, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be difficult, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there together and just really hold their hand through that process. The, I guess, taking a, a, a walk through 
from 19 years old to CEO of a building consulting company, you've held hands you know, of a lot of uh, mom and dad's uh, sons, daughters, the emotional toll. And then woven in that is life mentioned you have your firstborn was uh, probably 18 or when you were turning 19. Yeah. Um, out of all of that, what is the top two or three things that you're most proud of? Yeah, that's um, no, that's a that's a good question. I think what I just mentioned um, really, really getting into a situation where a position where I was able to help people. Uh, I want to tell people at 19. I mean, if, if I could have, but I didn't have the expertise or the know how. So um, just just finding the right people um, in, in my career um, in, in building those relationships of mentors. Uh, but but little I, I didn't realize that all this time that I was uh, being mentored, I was also being prepared to be a mentor myself. So I would say one of those would be just now I'm at a career where, where, where people are I, I've talked all, all these years. Now people are starting, starting to listen somehow. So for some reason. And so uh, so so it's a great responsibility, I feel like, to, to be able to feed into the into the lives and the careers of, of people uh, that are much earlier in the process of their uh, of beginning their career. Um, so that's that's definitely um, something. Uh, just building these relationships again, encouraging my, the the people that have been in the industry a lot longer than me, but then also encouraging and helping provide support for people who are um, beginning their career. So, yeah, excuse me. No, so you were thrown into the fire, so to speak, um, with Katrina, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans back in two thousand and five. You said you had been working for thirty days. And then you were probably yeah. whisked off to New Orleans, or as they say, Louisiana, New Orleans, or New Orleans. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I, yeah, so I, I started at yeah again nineteen overnight. Uh, USA, uh, they had outsourced uh, a lot of their uh, call center activities after hours, and the customer service just wasn't on par with what USAA members had come to expect. So they 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 hired a whole bunch of individuals to come in and work overnight. Uh, great group of people that I was hired on with um, and, and just really, um, I, I really just the mission, uh, the core values of USAA, uh, especially at the time, just really were ingrained in me. I, I loved it. it. It just gave me a sense of purpose. What uh, were some of those values that were ingrained in you? Yeah, so, so honor, service, integrity. Uh, one of the one of the two two things I would say that I would take away from just being 19 and absorbing all that was taking care of those who who uh, I'm sorry, uh, knowing uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I gotta remember all that now. <laughs> but uh, you're, uh, you're good, you're good. If you don't get it, yeah, exactly, no, ser yes, yeah, serving those who serve us uh, or okay. taking care of those who have taken care of us. And and so USA yeah. is awesome because they have this niche market of the military. And so I, I feel like just just uh, being there and and just how. Um, honoring USA was of its military members and the community, um, really painting the picture for, especially during the time we were involved in the Iraq war, we had service members, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of situations where there were deployments and the wife was left at home, husband's been gone for a year and a half, and now they have a fire or a huge pipe break in their house and and they've got damage. They don't, so, so really, really helping a lot of military spouses and just really seeing uh, the mission of USA come to fruition. And I was a part of that. That was, that was really edifying for me in my career and, and really showed me that I have the power to help people uh, in, in whatever position I'm at. Um, and, and really the, and so that's uh, serving those who have served us, I, I believe. And then the other one is just doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. 
I find as I get older, the simple truths are, are usually the best ones, right? And, and so just when you do things right, things tend to work out. Um, and and just so just do that. Just try to do the right thing today. And if you do that, you do that over the course of the week, over the course of the months, over the course of the years, you're going to end up where you want to be. And, and uh, you're going to have made such a difference along the way. So I want to touch on something you alluded to early on was conflict and emotions of insurance claims. It's, it seems like there is a increasingly uh, a larger divide in attitude from policyholders on the when they make an insurance claim. There's an immediate response of, I want to make an insurance claim and the big bad insurance company is going to uh, deny the claim. How do you, because I mean, you just went over USA's values uh, what they espouse there and another, you know, like a good neighbor um, or you know, you're in good hands, all these different slogans from insurance companies. How do they, as an insurance company, reconcile the positive marketing they put out there? And they have such a reputation when it comes down to not all policyholders, but maybe some policyholders that haven't had a good experience. What roles of BC played to that, and, and how do you resolve those disputes peacefully? Yeah, and, and let me just say, I could I could make a, a very successful career out of going out and talking about how bad the insurance industry is, right? I can go and talk to people. It's, it's like talking about your cell phone provider. It doesn't take much to say, hey, insurance company, bad. Oh, yeah, we agree. But but I've been in that seat. I, I know those adjusters right now that are trying to do the right thing. Uh, certainly not everyone. There's there's always going to be a few bad apples, but for the most part, most adjusters that I that I've worked with and and have have been able to be mentored by or have been able to mentor, they're they're trying to do the right thing. Um, and so, but what happens is the industry, um, the industry sort of where where there's money, you're going to see a lot of corruption and you're going to see a lot of emotions. One of the big things that I that I have found is that uh, when approaching the insurance carrier. Um, there's, of course, the homeowner, the business owner, there's emotions involved with that. Uh, the problem is that we see them hiring contractors, them hiring public adjusters or attorneys who, instead of filtering that emotion in filtering that, um, uh, the, the, f filtering their emotion into a professional response, they just they just amplify that emotion. And what that does, that gets the other side, the insurance adjuster or, or the vendors for the insurance carrier, that gets everybody into an uproar. And now you have this huge conflict that's more emotional based than it is based on facts. Hmm. And so what I believe as a, a, a good building consultant, or really, really enter any vendor, uh, any vendor that either the insurance carrier hires or, or the insured hires, um, should uh, remove that emotion and, and base it uh, base their project, base what they're doing, on uh, trying to find what the truth is. What what is act what is actually damaged? Is it actually covered? And what's it actually going to cost? It's the concept of indemnification, which is paying exactly what is owed, no more and no less. That's what the promise of the insurance carrier is uh, has in, in the contract in the policy. And, uh, and that's what we seek to do is we, we, we seek to help insurance carriers um, support or, or follow through on their promise and their commitment to pay for damages that they've agreed to pay for it, and really, really get rid of a lot of that emotion as much as possible. Not every claim is going to get resolved uh, with it before going to litigation, but a lot of them can. And, um, and I think that's going to be a solution 
one big problem that we're seeing right now is increased premiums. Again, it's not hard for me to go and say insurance company, you know, and people have a range of emotions based off of that. Uh, but what we're seeing are inflated costs of claims and claims handling impacting premiums for everyone to the point that, that Florida is in a real mess right now with carriers wanting to leave. We're hearing about coastal states, insurance carriers just can't afford to, to operate business there. So instead of just pulling out and, and, and leaving, trying to figure out for homeowners and business owners, trying to find out what they do for their insurance needs, let's, let's try to, let's try to get at least one of at one of the routes and let's try to get these claims resolved without sending it through a very, very costly and very lengthy litigation process. So I was doing a little bit of research on the industry and I believe the one stat out of Florida, uh, Hurricane Ian hit in 2022, and the average cost to litigate a claim was $150,000. Is that right? Is that and that's what I'm hearing, too. I mean, yeah, we're actually uh, at Legacy. We're actually doing some research, so we should have some information coming first or second quarter of 2024. But that, based on surveys and, and questioning industry professionals, attorneys, Average claim handling was $150,000. And guess how many claims uh, went to attorneys in Florida? I, I don't have that number, but it's a lot. It's a lot. So, and then so we turn around. But 150000 that's not even including the actual cost. Of, that's just the cost of process to litigate if it goes to an attorney. That's not even including the claim itself. That's right. And that's average. So there's there's claims significantly more than that. Um, and there's there's a lot of and we don't have enough time to go through all the uh, reasons and the variables as to why that happens. But that's that that is what it is. And, and that's the problem with the emotion. Like, again, if we can sort through the emotions and get at the core of the issue before this gets too far along and and and. Right that both sides dig in. Let's let's see if we can find some common ground. Let, let's see what is actually owed. And, and that's where we're coming to. Going back to the original part of our conversation, uh, Legacy not only provides those uh, dispute resolution services, but we also want to be a landing uh, platform uh, for industry talent that right now is, uh, you know, a lot of things are changing. And, um, you know, and, and so a lot, uh, a lot of talent is leaving the, uh, the industry. Uh, and they're going to be contractors or even public adjusters or, um, you know, or possibly leaving the industry altogether. And so uh, we're trying to bring some of that that just top talent, expert um, adjuster, pe people who have been doing this for decades and understand what it takes to actually get claims resolved with with the customer uh, as their focus, uh, their number one priority. Uh, really, really, we're, we're attracting that talent to come in and, and, and again, bring peace to the situation as much as possible. Try to find what the, the, the truth is and really get at what is the cost of indemnification here. Let's all pursue that. If we can all agree to that, we're, we're going to be able to get most of these disputes resolved fairly easily. Okay. So I appreciate all the, I appreciate all that information. I want to shift gears and take a different track, different angle on the conversation. Um, because part of this podcast, Success Unlimited, we want I want to explore some of the challenges that you face, maybe personally, maybe in business. Um, what are some of the challenges, the largest obstacles you've had to face in your life? Yeah, that's a that's a how much time do you have, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I, I think everything that I just talked to, there's there's a reason that I, I feel so confident in, in what we're doing at Legacy and trying to bring peacemaking uh, to to the industry. I, I, I've, I've spent a lot of years without peace. Uh, 
I, I, there's been probably one of the biggest things has been my decision-making process and trying to do the right thing for my career has not always lined up with what I want to do personally. And, and so really just um, really getting at, is it, I used to ask myself, is it the right thing to do? Uh, and now I ask myself, is it the wise thing to do? Uh, if it's the right thing to do, uh, I can, um, yeah, I can, I can convince myself all day long. Is it right to go buy that that brand new truck? But is it the wise thing to do? And so that that really has has um, uh, that has really guided my decision making. And, and, and again, to kind of get back to your to your question, that's I have uh, made a lot of right decisions in my career and partnered with with uh, um, maybe people that didn't have the right uh, or or the uh, the. The, the same uh, vision or the same passion or the same integrity that I do. And, and so now I just see it as simply coming, going through a lot of that, coming down to um, uh, just, just, just again, trying to make the right decision. Sorry, I kind of got, kind of got lost there a little bit. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. So what advice would you give to somebody that it doesn't have to be in the insurance industry, but if there's a disconnect, what they want to do. And it, sometimes that conflict with, what they have to do um, and they might be you know uh, feel the need to do one thing but their needs and Maslow's hierarchy of needs they have to put a roof over their heads they have to do this over here how do you resolve that conflict within within yourself yeah so um i think it's vince labardi who said that a good coach is going to uh get you to do what you don't want to do to achieve what you want to achieve uh, you don't win a championship without without starting way back uh, early early the year before, right? Um, so that's what the purpose of practice is, and 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 all the all the things that we do to build a team and, and build it towards success. So, so really, it's it's discipline. It's uh, showing up uh, when you say you're going to show up, and and just doing all the right the right things. If you're leading a team, it's it's leading. So you're you're pulling your team uh, along with you and, and showing them the right way to do it. And um, yeah, so that, that's what I would say is is really just just prioritizing and uh, and discipline um, and, and just trying to trying to uh, trying to move forward and encourage uh, encourage your team along the way. So uh, when so when you were pulled away, um, not wanting to leave your your uh, young child and, and wife, and having to go from San Antonio, Texas, to New Orleans uh, to work at Trina. That's a great example of this, I think, where you have to go, but you want to be home. Uh, and that can impact, uh, in my case, uh, I'll bring in a personal story as well. So I've, I've been in the insurance industry and I've spent a lot of time on the road away from my family, away from my kids. And that hurt my kids and my wife and it hurt me as well because we're, you know, we're apart. Um, so a lot of new adjusters coming into the industry, as we've spoken about, uh, what's the one piece of advice you'd give to that new adjuster who is, who's going to have to be on the road? Oh, that's hard. And just point of clarification. So I, I actually, um, I didn't deploy to New Orleans uh, after working okay. Katrina. I was, uh, but, but it was 12, 12 hour shifts, seven days a week. So it felt wow. like a deployment. Might as well. That, that's exactly oh, right. God. So, um, but, but with that said, I've had, I, I've deployed to nearly every hurricane since then. So yeah, I, it, so it's hard. Uh, it, it's hard. It's a, it's a feast or famine, especially on the independent adjusting side of things. Uh, it's feast or famine. I mean, you're, 
it's weird. You're at home just begging for the next storm and then the next storm hits and you're, you're kind of guilty because now I'm leaving my family. And as soon as you're there, man, I just want to go home, but then you go home and then it's, it's just a vicious cycle over and over again. So, um, I think I think really going back to kind of the, the core values of USAA and serving those who have served us, um, that has helped because it's when you're going out, uh, say, to a huge wildfire or a huge hurricane event, the devastation that you see, it's it hurts to be away from home. But when you're out there, that's where you're going to find your purpose. That's where I found my purpose in the industry uh, was was helping people, uh, not just not just one family or two, but hundreds of families after every storm, uh, just try to clean up their lives a little bit and, and, and set them on a path towards getting getting back to some sort of normalcy. Um, so so you really you, it's just like anything in life, whether you're in insurance or you're in any, any other industry, you've got to have passion. You have to find your why. Why are you doing this? Uh, if you don't have that, it, it's 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 helping people. Uh, it, it's uh, being passionate about uh, trying to bring some peace uh, to their life, whether it's through insurance claims or, or in my personal life. Um, my, my priorities are, you know, God, family, community, and, and it really comes down to relationships. When I, when I, when I put myself in the shoes of someone who just went through a a horrible day, uh, whether it's a fire or hurricane again, um, that, that makes it so much easier to connect with them on a, uh, on an emotional level. And and when I, when I connect with them there, it gives me a, it fuels a passion to to try to put them on a path towards uh, again bringing resolution to their situation, and when you do that and you focus and it's it's really thinking less of yourself and and really going out and serving others, uh, and, and and if you can figure that out, you can do anything. You could you could be in any career, but but you've got to find out what you know. You got to look back and say, yep, I, I was able to change uh, the, the the path for these uh, these families or these people. One of the common themes I hear from our guests over and over. Uh, a resounding theme is servant leadership and being willing to serve others um, and not expect anything in return. And you just seem to bring that point home. It's just, it's so beautifully. What is the, what, what are the, your path to success? I mean, how'd you arrive at uh, CEO legacy building consultants um, it seems like you've come come from you know the past 20 years from 19 just starting the insurance industry to now CEO of a, of a, of a building consulting firm um, what were some successes along that journey that kind of were stepping stones to where you are now yeah I mean and if you ask any of my close friends they, they'll tell you it's been a roller coaster ride so uh, it, it's not it's not exactly been linear uh, to get to this point. Uh, what I saw was a, a, a real need in the industry. Um, you know, I, I, as, a, as a adjuster, uh, both a desk adjuster, field adjuster, independent adjuster, flood adjuster, uh, I've gone out to so many homes where, where it's not to say that the insurance is the only thing that's making their life miserable, but, but sometimes it's a, it's a primary issue. Uh, and, if, and it's just the question of if we could just get this claim resolved, we can move on to the next step. And, and so it's really just seeing that in, in, in what emotional turmoil people are, are put through. Uh, people that are calling me, friends, uh, friends of friends, family members that are calling with their own claims. And it's like, man, that's I'm sorry you're going through that and to just try to give them pointers on, on how to move forward. But again, if it's damaged, it should be covered. If it's not damaged or it shouldn't be covered, then then it shouldn't be. But it's really just clear communication uh, from the insurance companies and, and, an, and a, an attempt to pay what they're able to pay for. 
and and really to get at that indemnity. Um, and, and to kind of give you an example, I, I um, after Hurricane Irma, I helped a, an insurance an insured who was a World War II veteran. This was uh, what five six years ago or so. I go in and and. I, you know, it's a flood loss. Uh, so I, there's devastation. There's muck from the uh, Atlantic that have come in and about four feet of, of water damage. All the belongings have are waterlogged and damaged. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting there with this 95 or so year old going through his medals and his pictures and his mm -hmm. just just his old war stories. I mean, I was out there for two days just talking. I mean, it, it, I could have gotten it done probably in a few hours, but you know, I had to be there uh, to help walk, uh, hold his hand. So I think of that gentleman, that veteran who who has all these stories that we just, the way that, that corporate big business is set up, we don't have time for that. So so really it's just to understand that, hey, people have lives. This claim is not, they're not just a claim number. This is a, a person, this is a family behind this. We need to give them an answer as to whether or not it's covered so they can move on with their life. And if it is covered, let's do everything we can to make sure that everybody's on the same page as far as what that ended up demonification should look like. Awesome. The, uh, what is, uh, what are some favorite books that you've, you've read that have helped you along your journey? Well, <laughs> Simon Sinek, uh, start with why, uh, that, that's a good one. That that's, that's a good way to, to find your why. Yeah. Find your why. <laughs> um, uh, I, I believe it's the e-myth. Um, so as a business owner, I, I strongly recommend that, uh, someone very wise recommended that to me about I, a year I, I, ago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, Tom. Tom. Uh, yeah, you. You. Uh, you. You ref, uh, referenced that to me. Uh, I think last September, and so yeah, that was uh, just an eye opener for me as far as why I'm a business owner. Why am I going crazy all the time? And it's like, oh, that's why I'm. I'm, I'm basically doing all these different jobs, and so it just really helps you kind of compartmentalize. All right, there's a time and place for this, a time and place for that, and 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 you know, just really carving out what hat am I wearing at this moment, and and I don't have to wear them all at the same time. So. Um, and there's so many more and there's so many more. I'd love to share more, but those two, I, I would, I would strongly and, and highly recommend for, for people, uh, find your why personally, uh, uh, you know, we, we all, uh, we all have a, um, mission statement at a, a business that, uh, that we work for, or we have worked for that's ingrained in us. What, what's your personal mission statement? And, and that's something I'm, I'm working on right now. So I'll, I'll have that to you next time. But, uh, it, it's something that has come up to me recently. It, it, we, we, we invest so much in these businesses that we work for, but how does that line up with you individually? If it lines up, great, you're in the right place. If it doesn't line up, well, it's good to recognize that and and, and try to try to find somewhere that that you can you can work and find your value and, and find your passion because that that's you, that that's really what it's going to all boil down to. You're success. definitely in the right field because it seems like everything comes back to dispute resolution, whether it's a dispute or a conflict between what you're doing in business and your personal values, whether it's between the insureds and the insurance company. Um, it just seems like it, you kind of, your, your life revolves around that, that, that thesis of how do I resolve this internal conflict or the external conflict or this dispute? I love it. Uh, last question is if you could take anybody to dinner, past or present, who would that be and why? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. Well, you, Tom, I think, uh, I think that, that no, <laughs> um, you know, obviously there's so many throughout history that I, that I would just love to, to, to pick their brain. Um, but I'm going to go with, uh, I, I attend Oak Hills church here in San Antonio. So I'm, I'm going to say Max Zucato. Um, so 
when I started at USA when I was 19, I also started attending Oak Hills Church, which is just up the road. If you're not familiar with Max Lucado, I highly recommend his books as well. Um, you know, much more uh, church oriented, but uh, but just uh, just again going back to the simple truths of life uh, and just just all the discussion about purpose and what we're here for and and just just being comfortable with yourself and you know the past is the past, right? And then there's there's grace for that. And so I've just gleaned so much, not only as a as a claim adjuster, building consultant, but as a husband, as a dad. And, and so uh, I just highly recommend his, uh, his his books if you haven't had the uh, privilege of, of reading them yet. What were some what would be some of the questions you? I said the last question. I always have another question. <laughs> what What are some of the things you might you might talk to him about? Man, you know, with someone like like Max Lucado, uh, I would say uh, I, I would probably try to do as little talking as possible um, because he is <laughs> he is a dynamic storyteller, and I just feel like he it, it, it just his books. He'll start talking about a topic, and he'll just take you places that you would never think of. So it'd probably be how do you how do you come up with these stories? How do you how do you take this simple truth? And turn it into this huge story that just comes back to the simple truth and he just has this way of writing and just very gifted and so uh, but like i said uh li listen more than i talk is it would be my goal uh, going into a conversation like that yeah, it seems like all the great minds past and present they have one thing in common they know how to connect and communicate with people um, and he does that so effectively there's absolutely all that you know there's a, a local church here i'm from charlotte north carolina the local church here is uh, elevation uh stephen furtick is a pastor one of the best communicators that i've i've, I've come across and another one uh, biblically based um uh john maxwell i mean tony robbins oh, yeah. big names but they've created a big name just for being their ability to connect with people and and really just a level of communication how they communicate is just so effective yeah, Tom, I think it all comes down to authenticity. Uh, you know, if you try to be someone else or pick up a persona that's not yours and try to act like that, I, I think that comes through. I think people, in, whether it's in claim adjusting or it's pastoring or it's motivational speaking, I, I think what people want is is they just want to know who you really are. Um, you right. know, it, we, we all have things that we want to talk about and messages that we want to get out. But, but at the end of the day, uh, if I'm standing in front of a house that was just caught on fire and there's a family, it's just showing up and being who I am. It's John showing up. John, John, the the, the guy that they're going to see at uh, HEB, our local grocery store. Uh, it, it's going to be me, not John, the adjuster, just just with a checkbook, and they're hoping and praying that I'm going to do the right thing. No, it's 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 about showing up and just being there and recognizing that this isn't a money issue first and foremost. This is a a life situation. This is a huge life. Uh, situation that these kids are going to remember the rest of their lives. So I don't want them to look back and say, oh man, John, that adjuster, the guy that he, we might see at HV, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he, he didn't do right. I'd rather them look back and preferably not even remember who I am, or if they do remember I, who I am, it was somebody that came and, and hopefully brought a little bit of peace to that horrible day that the uh, situation they were going through. Well, well said. Well, thank you so much for your time. We went a little bit over, but uh, always good to speak to you, my friend. And uh, until next time, Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tom. You have a great one. You as well. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's interview. Every week, we release two new episodes. Remember to follow Success Unlimited's podcast wherever you listen. Thanks again for listening in. Mm -hmm.